well, we're going to end our first episode here. Um, I really hope that you have enjoyed this week's episode. Um, I'm sorry if it's been short and whatnot. But um, please tune in to next week's episode uh, or tomorrow's episode where we're going to be discussing a hell of a lot more. Hello folks and welcome to episode 2 of The Hidden Corner with yourself, with your host DJ Megatron, your boy DJ Megatron and um, we're hosting this using Anchor, the free application. Um, it's also free to host um, using this application um, and I've, since last episode, I've still got the brand new iPhone 7, uh, 8 Plus it's bigger, it's better, um, and I've also got the picture of me on a motorbike, on a motorcycle, that will be the cover image, that will be the image that we're going with, the, um, the DJ Megatron that is, uh, dangerous, brutal, um, I don't know, it, it gives people an adrenaline, an adrenaline rush, um, I'm trying to say that posh, but hey-ho. Um, so, yeah. Basically, um, it gives people the sense of risk. Just looking at me on a motorbike uh, would give anybody the sense of risk. Um, I did go for a ride on a motorbike. I didn't ride the motorbike. But I just thought, for the cover image, for the cover art image, I thought... You know what? I'm gonna have me on the front of a motorbike. That's uh, that's DJ Megatron all over. Sense of risk, danger, adrenaline, speed, all the things that um, all the things that just hences my music. Um, my music. Um, I mean, if you go and listen to music for the Jilted Generation, um, that's not an album that was taken by the Faint Hearted, um, and also. Um, you know, you've got to have uh, a noisy motorbike as well. Uh, respect people who've got noisy motorbikes. Uh, also respect people who've got quieter motorbikes. Um, but anyway, this but this podcast is not about that. This podcast is about me, folks. It's about you, the listener, as well. But hey ho, sit down, grab something cold, grab something warm, um, snuggle up to a blanket, or whatever. Um, this is your podcast. If you're driving in the car, enjoy as well. Um, and don't drive too fast. Um, but make sure you've got some nice loud music on as well. Uh, if you, if you have, uh, an ability to play some loud music once you've heard this podcast. Uh, this podcast does feature nice loud music in it, of course. That is the law. Um, it's also the law to talk about loud music as well. Um, but, um... If you haven't got the gist of this podcast, this podcast is like the last podcast, uh, but instead of an audio blog, this has got a bit more to it. Um, Now, obviously, folks, um, if you haven't noticed, I unboxed, I haven't taken it up to mummy yet, uh, but I found the box that was in my bag uh, because I've hidden an Easter egg inside the bag. Um, I've had to whisper that, by the way, folks. 
I've not opened that yet. I don't feel in the chocolate mood. Um, it's strange. Um, I feel in the podcasting mood, which is very, very strange indeed. But anyway, um, I unboxed the box uh, of the phone, well, the, the box that the phone was in, and I looked through the box, found a brand new charger, um, which, you know, which is all good, it's all well. Uh, but then I found the headphones, the earphones that come with the phone. Um, and I thought I was going to get AirPods. I thought, oh dear, if we're going to get AirPods, we're in trouble. So I unboxed them. I, blah, 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 I can't speak. I unboxed the earphones very carefully, just in case they were AirPods. Uh, I didn't really want to lose them. Um, so I then found that they were earphones. I was like, woohoo, we're jumping for joy. And then I felt on the end, and they had a lightning jack. I thought, okay, well, that's, you know, that's what we're going with, because there's no 3.5mm jack on this phone anywhere. Um, I'm just feeling, actually... For those of you who've got, who've just bought uh, an iPhone without the headphones jack, um, have a feel around. Notice you've got no headphones jack at all. You think, ah, right. So, anyway, um, you look in the box. By the way, this is not a grumble about the 3.5mm headphones jack. I'm actually glad this does not have a 3.5 millimeter headphones jack. Uh, we'll come to we'll come to that in a second. Um, so basically, um, where are we? Yeah, so I've basically felt around in the um, in the box, and uh, so oh no, I'd so unbox these headphones earphones very very quickly, um, very carefully, uh, because I didn't want to lose them if they were going to be. Um, AirPods turned out that they were the earphones that had a lightning connector. I thought, woo, whoopie doo. But then I look, hunted around in the box for a um, a lightning 3.5 adapter. Unfortunately, Apple don't put them in the box anymore. <sighs> but um, I thought to myself, I'm probably going to pop down to Curry's try and see if I can get one whereas in the meantime um, I'm not really bothered because folks um, I have decided if I want to use my old earphones I'll be using them on the old iPod touch Um, this means that you know this basically saying Megatron you need to be lesser lazy I'm sure there is an angel up there going Megatron you are too lazy for your own good which I am, I'm, um, but you know, it's there was an angel up above saying, Megatron, you're not going to be lazy because you're going to have to use your iPod Touch if you want to. Uh, yeah. But the only problem is, right? I listen to Spotify, and the only problem, the only issue I have is my iPod Touch. My iPod Touch. My iPod Touch is ancient, folks. It's ancient. Um, and I'm not really bothered about upgrading it. Um, but my iPad has the headphones jack on, which I thought, brilliant. That will be my Spotify machine um, if needs be. Uh, but we're not going to worry about that because I've got Spotify on my laptop. However, um, if I did want to plug, say, my iPhone into a, a voice recorder to do something, I can't do that because I haven't the adapters to do that. Um, but yeah, uh, also, I want to have a dig at my mother in this episode because I have a decent amp and speakers, 
they are still sat in my next door neighbours. I think tomorrow afternoon, because I've got nothing planned, I might say to my stepdad, can we set the amp and speakers up in the office um, on the garden furniture? Um, I'm going to I'm gonna have a hi-fi system in the office. I'm going to uh, put some batteries in my DAB, which I've got. It's in the corner in my bedroom. I don't use... Uh, the DAB, should, you know, it's not being used. So I'm going to just have it in the office in the corner and I'll have, like, a... Um, just a 3.5 to... Uh, I'm going to have a... My... I've got a phono to jack cable, so I can just have that hooked in the back of the amp. So if I want to go from, say... But basically, the idea is to put the iPod, the video iPod, can live in the uh, in the office because, you know, it gets locked up and everything. So I'm not really worried about just, you know, chucking it in the office. And um, it's in a nice leather case anyway, so um, I'm not worried about it being, you know, dust or whatever, getting to the case... Plus, um, if Dad's down there and he wants to listen to a little bit of music on his uh, on his laptop, instead of taking his, you know, say if he's in the garden, whatever, um, he could probably, I don't know, we could sort it where he could. Um, I might just get a little extra speaker that could go from the amp to the garden because we've got an extension, so I might just do that for dad so I might just say to dad if you want to um, you know have your uh, I don't know have your music collection on in the garden um, you know we could set your set your little thing where you could do that I keep meaning to um, set up something for dad anyway because I noticed that when his sonus goes I know how grumpy he gets um, with, with with the Sonus upstairs. I'm not going to mention it too much. Um, and so I might have a little setup for Dad as well. Um, but I think Dad's not really too bothered um, about, plug, you know, about a nice little amp setup. Um, whereas me, on the other hand, um, I mean, I want to get rid of that horrible boombox out of the gym next door. But it's not going anywhere. Nobody will have it. It stays in there. But it's fortunately it's not mine. It's one of those things. Um, you know. But I would like a nice. Well I've got a nice amp. But I just thought it's place is going to live in the office. Um, which is good. I mean I could have it underneath my desk. I could probably have it underneath my desk. Um... But I could probably just... Uh, there is an issue about it. I don't know. Um, but, you know, it's having nice speakers while you work, you know. Nice sounding, you know, that's how we should work. Um, you know. Otherwise I feel like I've wasted money on amp and speakers. In saying that... Um, Tomorrow, Easter Monday, I am going to be purchasing some batteries because I'm going to test some headphones. At the end of this week, I'm going to do a giveaway of some cordless headphones that I will never, ever use. If you want some cordless headphones, stay tuned because at the end of this week, if you follow my Facebook page, DJ Megatron Facebook page, um, 
I'll be mentioning them and um, they will be a giveaway folks um, a DJ Megatron giveaway just think of it as a I don't know I'll be giving it to one person only unfortunately because I don't have headphones to give around um, they're in a nice snazzy box somebody gave me them and I was going to use them for something and I can't remember what it was and now they're just not going to be used for anything. I'm going to test them out to check that they work okay and everything. And then I'm going to put them in the nice little box. And then I'm going to give them to you guys. Um, you know, well, I'm going to give them to a lucky customer. Um, so I'm going to do a competition this week as well to go with this giveaway. Um, you have to... You don't have to be tuned into McGill Radio, but you have to be tuned in. Well, you have to be tuned in with this podcast anyway to know more details about that. Um, so anyway, we're gonna have we're gonna go on with this podcast onward and upward. Now, folks, because it's Easter, I want to say if any Led Zeppelin fans are listening, um, you really want to dig out Led Zeppelin for, uh, for good reason, for very, very good reason. And there was no images on the front cover of the album. Now, obviously, Led Zeppelin for was. I I, I just wanna I just wanna take you back uh, to when I was about. I was about eight years, hang on, yes, I was eight, eight years of age, I was a little boy of eight years of age, I want to take you back to the golden year of 1996, when I first got, I got my very first drum kit, and also that year, in 1996, I got a liking for Led Zeppelin. Now, um, up to that age, I was listening to um, REM, Wet, Wet, Wet. Uh, well, no, I was listening to before that. I was listening to Wet, 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 um, Simply Red, um, Beautiful South, R.E.M. Um, but my dad always introduced me to music. And it was like, oh, do you like this music, Stephen? I'd be like, yeah. You know? Uh, but there was this one music that creeped into this... There was this one band that creeped its way in, into the into the household that I didn't like at first. Um, I thought, oh, that's awful. Get it, you know, turn it off, Dad, you know. Uh, but then the, the, this, you know, my dad just kept blasting it out. And I just thought... And I creeped in to the room, and I sat down, and she's like, do you like this, Steve? I was like, yeah. Well, I didn't thought you liked it. I was like, yeah, man, I love this music. And um, I actually got a taste for Led Zeppelin at eight years of old, eight years of age. It was, you have to like this music, you know, because I want to play it sort of thing. Um, and my, this is my real dad, not my stepdad. 
and my real dad played this um, this the Led Zeppelin, and I was eight years of age. Right. So, what did I ask for for my birthday in 1996 as little boy of eight? Dad, can I have Led Zeppelin album? Um, and of course, they went out and got me my first Led Zeppelin album. Wasn't Led Zeppelin one? Wasn't Led Zeppelin two? Wasn't Led Zeppelin three? It was Led Zeppelin four because it had Stairway to Heaven on it. Um, and I didn't think of this when I was a kid, but I remember album covers had images of the band on. Um, or it would have an image of the artist on the cover. But when I looked at the Led Zeppelin 4 album cover, there was no image of the band on, on the cover. And um, there was lots I learnt about that album later on. Like, I learnt that Sandy Denny was on it. Um, I didn't know that when I was a kid, because I was told that uh, women didn't sing with Led Zeppelin, which was wrong. Um... But anyway, we're going to come to the Easter celebratory thing. Because on the album cover, there's four symbols. There isn't images of the band, there's these four symbols. Um, so I'm not going to talk about John Bonham's, John Paul Jones's, or Jimmy Page's symbols. Um, I'm not even going to talk about Sandy Denny's symbol. Um, we will talk about that in a future episode. I want to talk about Robert Plant's symbol. And Robert Plant's symbol is the symbol for the Easter Bunny. Now, this is when people say, um, "Oh, I don't believe in the in the Tooth Fairy or Father Christmas." Well, I when I when I you know, okay, they probably may not be real. They're just figureheads of tradition. But the Easter Bunny is not just a figurehead of tradition. The Easter Bunny does exist. Well, it doesn't exist in the way we think, but it's um, it's a pagan thing. Now, hence why the church do not discuss bunnies. This is why the church do not discuss the Easter Bunny, um, because the Easter Bunny is a pagan thing. Now, I don't want to get too much into it, but um, Robert Plant's symbol was something to do with the Easter Bunny. So, folks, um, I would um, down your Easter eggs and uh, pick up a copy of Led Zeppelin Four. This is not—I'm not advertising it or anything—and um, just listen to it. Um, it's got it's strangely um, a concept album of spring. When you hear it, it's like it's it's like spring and summer. It's that type of um, album. It's like if they were to create a concept album. It's like, the, you know, it starts off, you know, um, the first two tracks. So the first four tracks symbolise the early morning or whatever. The set, like, the early morning time. You've got sort of Stairway to Heaven. Then you've got the rest of the albums, like, you know, into sort of afternoon, sort of, you know. First, sorry, the first four tracks are like winter into spring. And then you have the rest of the album, which the last few tracks of the album is like from spring to summer. But um, I just thought I'd mention that. So I've spoke of Easter and I did think that I would talk about 
the Easter Bunny. And I really, really want to talk about, do I believe in the Easter Bunny? Yes, I do. I, it's strange. Um, I've had, these last few days, the psychedelic visions of the Easter Bunny. Um, it's not as fluffy. Um, when I was a kid... Um, I basically thought it looked a bit like Bugs Bunny or, you know, or just like a, a white rabbit. Um, but unfortunately, the Easter Bunny um, is like... Um, has anybody seen that po Pokemon episode that was banned? I think it was called Polygon Soldier. Um, but also, it's just like a weird, trippy, visual bunny. It's like... Um, it's like if you can imagine um if you can imagine like the all the colors of the flowers um the easter bunny that's how it looks like and then it's like its face looks really really creepy there's no there's nothing There's, there's nothing wonderful about the Easter Bunny. Um, it it doesn't bring eggs. I, I really don't want to upset people. It doesn't bring Easter eggs. It brings something else. Um... But it's not horrible. It's not evil. It just doesn't bring the things that I personally believe. Because, um, you know, the Easter Bunny is magical. It's a magical bunny. Um, and it, it comes round the time of spring. Um, well, it comes round... The start of the equinox calendar, so it comes around the start of the equinox carrot. I can't speak calendar, and um, the Easter Bunny brings light. So there you go, folks. There is that is what it brings. It brings light, and um, it brings goodwill. It's not evil, it's just, um, it's just not something I personally believe. However, I do think if you do see an Easter bunny, you must make sure you leave a basket of eggs. And I don't mean chocolate eggs, I mean eggs. Yeah, eggs, proper eggs. Just leave a basket of eggs for the Easter bunny, um... And make sure you decorate your basket, your Easter basket. Um, it has to be uh, one of those woven baskets. Um, if you've handcrafted an Easter basket yourself, you should. If you basically, um, if you've made an Easter basket at a craft fair or something that you put your chocolate eggs in, then make sure that um, on the Easter morning uh, you have replaced those chocolate eggs 
with real eggs and make sure you put that basket near your door um, because the Easter Bunny, you know, will thank you for it um, and it will give you, it will also bring good luck. That's also why I don't believe in the Easter Bunny either. But that's just my personal belief. Um, I believe in other things. Um, it's nothing to do with the Easter Bunny. I believe in the actual version of Easter. The, you know, the the um, Christian version of Easter. And um, it's just something that other people believe. Um, and, yeah. Do... I also think that Easter is a fantastic tradition. I do think Easter is a brilliant tradition. However, um, I just don't think um, like Easter is magical. Um, you've got like the Easter Bunny, but I think Easter is more powerful than that because I just do. It's, personal uh it didn't come to me in a dream but it did come to me in the night i'll tell you that i'll tell you that much <laughs> um so yeah okay um in the last um, episode we have discussed dreams dreams oh yeah um and i wanted to discuss um rules within dreams um even though dreams have no rules um and it's strange actually because i was watching a video on youtube about a school that has no rules um rules are there to protect and serve but I think without rules, even though things could be chaotic, I think we could learn from each other. But that's my point. In a dream world, it's kind of like that. It's kind of, you learn from it. You learn not to do those things because of X, Y, and Z. You learn from your subconscious. Um, if you didn't listen to my last episode, there is like rules in the dream. But then... There are rules within the dream that will be for a certain monster. Um, I just want to go ahead and say that monster in your dream will have their own set of rules. Um, it's never mentioned, um, but I want to mention it. If you've watched Freddy Krueger films, you know that Freddy Krueger has his own set of rules. Um... It's, um, well, rule number one is don't fall asleep. But rule, the I would say that's rule number two. It's like with Freddy Krueger, all the rules are in reverse. Um, I would say the number one rule is uh, don't be afraid of Freddy Krueger. Um, he plays on fear. And it's, it's like um, he doesn't just play on fear. Um... He plays on weak, vulnerable, weakness and vulnerability. 
Um, and that's what these dream monsters do. Now, if you watch Freddy Krueger and you study that film, I did. Um, I did a bit of research on it, and apparently Wes Craven um, he wanted to make that special film. Now, that film was very personal when I watched it. Um, I watched it before I was 18, and I was told, Stephen, you shouldn't be watching these films if you're 18. But I did manage to get that film sneaked into my room, and I used to watch it. And I used to say, look, um, I'm not 18, but I wanted to watch this film because I had something in my dream. And um, I explained it. Um, this member of staff, she was really shocked. I got to watch, you know, this horror film in the end. Um, she's like, well, you know, as long as you're not going to copy anything from the films, that's fine. Um, I did get the DVD collection uh, later on, and I did get to watch the films. But later on, I did my research on Wes Craven, and apparently he, um, growing up, he was um, trying to make a special film about, I don't know, a special film. And he read an article about these people falling to sleep um, and they just all died. There's no sort of reason. Um, there's like a nocturnal spirit attack. Um, but then there was this other article that he read about this kid who um, he was falling to sleep and he was trying to tell his parents, look. Um, I don't want to go to sleep um, or whatever and they try to you know force him to go to sleep and um, this night um, he'd like gone to bed and they thought oh wow you know um, he's asleep you know Anyway, there was a thrashing around in his bedroom and apparently when his parents got to him, the kid was dead. Um, they'd found a Mr. Coffee machine and a cord and they'd also found hidden sleeping pills. But that was just like the don't fall asleep kind of thing. But Wes Craven focused on the monster Freddy Krueger. Now, I just want to point out that Wes Craven had written this film before I had these dreams of art. I never watched Freddy Krueger when I was a kid, but I'd never even heard of... Well, I did hear of Freddy Krueger when I was in primary school, but, um, you know... Um, I was like, people are getting killed in their dreams. Whoa, that's kind of scary. Um, I did think that I could do that, you know, could kill me in my sleep. But um, I was well protected. Um, and I didn't believe that that could happen anyway. You'd have to have something medically wrong, I thought. <laughs> um, I mean, I know people do die in their sleep but you know of natural causes but 
what if it's not natural? So anyway, um, it still makes me anxious to think that thought, but hey, it's it's a cool overthought to think. So anyway, um, Freddy Krueger has his rules, and one of his rules is if you're scared of him and you basically, you're weak, he can possess your subconscious and boom, he's got you where he wants you. Um, Ah was like that. Ah had his own rules. And rule number one for Ah was he got you where he wanted you. Um, He he got you where he wanted you and kept you in that zone. Now, what you've got to realize with monsters and dreams is they have zones. And once they've got you in a zone, they keep you in that zone. The more frightened you are, they play on that. They feed on that. That fear is their food. Um, and that's when they come. Rule number two is don't call your monster in the dream. Your subconscious knows you're going to call that monster. It'll bring that monster in. Um, If that monster just comes into the dream at will to where you can't control it, um, even if it's in a good dream, you have to know not to say that monster's name. And in any dream, I just knew when I fell asleep that night, I just knew in dreams... I couldn't say, ah. I mean, I could say, if I fell and hurt myself, I could go, ah. I wouldn't bring him. Or, well, it did when I was in Virginia Street, but that's a different story. But if I hurt myself in the room and, ah, I wouldn't bring him. Or if I went, ah, I wouldn't bring him at all either. It had to be in a certain tone. And I will do it in the podcast episode. Had to be like this. <clears throat> okay. Um, so you had to do that in the dream. Um, I won't do it for length of time, just in case you're listening to this at night and it does actually happen. Um, but that's how you call ah. Um, I've not done it for ages um, and I do it I've, I have done it uh, awake um, and it doesn't scare me to do it anymore I just uh, <laughs> anything it makes me laugh um, and that's a bit like the Freddy Krueger song um, now another rule in the dream you could use R as a weapon so for example say if you had a friend uh, let's just say George um, let's throw a name out the window. Let's say George. Uh, no, let's let's use a name that everybody uses. Little Johnny. Yeah, let's just say Little Johnny, okay? Now, let's imagine that you're in a dream. And you're mad with Little Johnny. Uh, you, you're really mad with him. Okay, and you wanted Ah to go to Little Johnny. Now, the rule was you could send Ah to Little Johnny... But it would backfire if you did ah and then little Johnny afterwards. Too late. You had to do it at the right time. You had to do it like this. 
Ah, little Johnny. You had to do it really quick. Um, and then it would go to little Johnny. Um, I did it a few times in my dream. The best one was when I did it to my mum. My mummy did it once um, in a dream. And she shouted. And as she was about to do the call of R, I woke up. Um, so, you know. Um, now, another thing about your monsters in dreams is they can disguise. Now, Freddy Krueger, again, did this in the Nightmare on Elm Street films. Oh, yes, R disguised himself, but not until I was fully adolescent. I was having not wet dreams, but I was having dreams of that nature, if you know what I mean. And um, so R would disguise himself as a beautiful girl. Yep, R would do that. (laughs) And um, he would have a dream about a beautiful girl, and suddenly she would turn into R. Um... You know, this only happened when I was at college. Um, uh, Because I was having all sorts of dreams. I was, you know, I was away from home. Um, I was at the stage where I was uncomfortable. So, yeah, I had those dreams. Um, And I'd had watched Nightmare on Elm Street by then as well. Um, But there was a time when... I was having some difficult issues with my ex-fiancé and the penultimate to last dream that I had with her, um, I was at home. Uh, no, I had two dreams. One, I was at home and I'd gone to, in the dream, I'd gone to her house to see her and um, she was beautiful and everything. And we had this argument. She said, you know what? She said, I'm not Kylie. In her voice, I'm like, huh? You're not Kylie? Well, then who are you? <laughs> For a minute, who are you? Um, and she went, do you want to know who I really am? I was like, yeah, go on, <laughs> show me. And um, her dress just came out and covered me and did the R thing. I was like, uh, okay, uh, now I know who you really are. And I woke up in a cold sweat and that was a really bad dream. And then the next dream that I had... Um, I was at college and I'd had a really bad things were happening that were really bad and um, we'd had an argument on the phone <laughs> it was brilliant I'd had an argument before I went to sleep um, and it was like Stephen I am pregnant with your babies I was like okay Kylie that's, that's alright you know Stephen I'm really I'm pregnant blah blah and you're going to have to live with it and everything. And my family will really help, will really hate you. No, your family will really hate you and me. Blah, blah, blah. And I was like, hang on, this is not Carly. Okay, we had arguments that were really weird on the phone. Or we'd have some really weird moments in arguments, but not this weird. And I just thought, this isn't Kylie. I had this feeling, I had this sense in the dream. I just had this, you know, I just knew it wasn't Kylie. It was like that instinct. I just knew it wasn't, it wasn't her anymore. And I was just like, I know who you are, straight away. And I tried to do art Kylie. And again, she was like, 
and she said Stephen I am a and I woke up in a cold sweat again and I was like even though the R thing didn't happen I just knew it was disguised Um, and so yeah your monsters your dream monsters if you have a dream monster for a long time it's going to disguise themselves Um, R's never disguised itself as my parents or anything like that Um, it didn't it didn't do that. It just disguised itself as my my ex fiance. Um, but you know, um, but it's like I don't have that anymore. Um, I have a certain person in a dream that I'm scared of, and they'll be they'll take that role that I had. Um, but ours really, I won't say he's gone, but he's dormant. You know, I know he could come back. I know he. I've got that feeling. I just, I've got that gut feeling when I go. Excuse me, when I'm in a dream. I know he could come back. Um, it's like I know he's there. I know he's. Um. I know he's there. I just know. I just. I just know it's all like dormant type of thing um but I just know it was um a spiritual thing but the last dream I actually had with Aaron was uh, we accepted each other we accepted who we were now before I move on in the podcast and discuss other things Um, I know everybody's going to ask me did I have that issue in Freddy Krueger where I had eyes on me all day no um, I didn't but I did have um, when I was at school one time I did have the feeling that something was watching me I remember I went to school I remember this day I thought oh yeah it's gone you know the issue's gone because I'd, I'd been home like a few nights and it was the last day I'd gone to bed the few nights um, I had been happy content I wasn't afraid of it, anything no more um, because I did have an issue where I was awake and there's just anything creak of the gates a creak of the door um just anything weird on television just anything I just just I just couldn't I, had, I just couldn't cope with it I had to I had this moment these few nights where I had to sit with my mummy and my sister I couldn't have my own private time because I was invading the space you know and um, I went to school so it'd been after the weekend it'd been I mean I'd been going to school but it was like after the last day if you will I went to school thinking, oh, Al's gone. And uh, we had this boiler in the group, because I went to a residential school. And there was a boiler in one of the groups that was really loud. And I thought, is that Al? And my friend laughed, and I was like, okay. (laughs) But it was like a, you know, a snap out of it phase. um, 
um, it was like, no, it's the boiler. And I was okay. I didn't have a full-blown panic attack or anything. But I just thought, oh dear, you know, how am I going to carry out? How am I going to cope tonight? You know. Um, and I did. Um, and it took a while, you know, to come round from it. Um, but I guess that was what I had. And nobody ever understood it. I went for counselling, never worked. Um, Emma's stepdad now doesn't really agree with night lights or anything like that. You just have to sort of grim and bear it. But um, you know, I do have. Um, I'll put YouTube on before I go to sleep. I have to have a video on before I go to sleep. Um, it's just something I do, unless I'm in an unknown environment. It just depends, and um, I always—I mean, when I was at college, I used to have the—I used to go to sleep with the light on. If I go away anywhere, if I go to a hotel or something, I do put the light on before I go to sleep. Um, so you know, I would say sleeping with the light on is not childish. It's—it's it's a protection thing. Um, you know I mean it stopped her from getting to me um, I mean I used to love I used to love going to going to school to sleep at school um, because I knew her could get to me he did but it took a while for him to find his way um, but you know, I just thought I would discuss a sub-rule in a dream, and we're going to move on. Okay, I do want to discuss dreams a bit more, um, and I do want to say that I have um, flown in dreams and floated um that's a skill um in itself to levitate um it's it's really really a skill um the skill that i did have um was um teleportation um you can do that in dreams you can teleport um you know, from anywhere. Um, but I do think also in dreams I've done... I've been to amazing places in dreams. Um, but I've also dealt with situations through dreams. Um, I've also... When I was a kid, um, I strangely knew when my mummy was coming up to my bedroom because I would, the way, before I woke up, I would go into her room, my, my dream body would go into her room, and then it would float up the stairs and into my room. And that's how I used to wake up in the morning. My mother would come in and... Baba, 
And I remember one day, she was calling me, and I was in her room. My dream buddy was in her room, and I had to flip up, and she was shaking me. I was like, <gasps> you know, I was like, mother, I just, you know. But you can't really explain that either. Um, but there was, um, you know, I have sort of been in other places. Um, I mean, um, I'm trying to think. Like, I'd say it was strange. I, um, I lost a coat. This is how strange this is. I lost a coat at school. No, because I never found that one. Um, I dreamt that, um, I'd done a piece of work, homework, and I was like, where was it? Where was it? And um, I couldn't find the homework anywhere. And I was getting detention for it. And I dreamt about it the next day. And I was like, oh, yeah, I know where it is. <laughs> and I found it. Um, I was terrible for homework. Um... I really was. But, um, yeah. Um, I mean, there are no laws in a dream. Um, there are no laws. You can do anything. Um, I've smashed into places and dreams. I've smashed into places and gone in. Um, and it's like, wow, you know, places are more corrupt in dreams, in my dreams anyway. It's like, um, you'll walk in, or you'll get arrested in a dream, and you can just walk out. It's like, woo, how did this happen? <laughs> you know, um, or you'll dream about having a detention. Um, I did have a dream about a detention once, and that was the best dream ever, because I dreamt I had detention and in the detention, um, In detention, all stuff, all kinds of stuff happened. 
Just wait a sec. Now there's somebody working upstairs. Um, so we'll leave it at that for now. Well, it looks like we're going to be discussing dreams yet again. Um, and I'm not having a lucid dream. Um, but I kind of wanted to discuss sleep paralysis. Um, and my issues with it. Um, I have had sleep paralysis in my life and it was freaking scary. Had it twice. Um, no, three times I had it. But I want to talk about the first real time that I encountered sleep paralysis. Now, back then, I didn't know what the hell it was. Um, uh, but now I know exactly what it is. And sleep paralysis is basically when you you can hear you in the room, you can hear and see everything in the room, but there's something a bit off. And the first time I had sleep paralysis, I heard these drums. No, the first time I had sleep paralysis. Um, there was this woman laughing she didn't she just threw stuff at me the second time I had sleep paralysis that I can remember was um, these drums the drums and then the third time that I can remember having sleep paralysis was my nan was pretending to be a witch and she said I'm going to turn the light off and as soon as it goes click you're going to hear ah now I had the light off these are the days when I slept with the light off um so it was like um, but I had an energy saving bulb so I used to turn the light on very dimly and the light went dimmer and dimmer and click and then ah all of a sudden um, so yeah they're my memories of sleep paralysis and that never got any less scary. But the last time I had sleep paralysis was weird because I had my door closed. I had the light on, but my door closed. And this is why I never slept with the door closed. Um, and I used to sleep with the door open. I used to have the light on and the door open. <laughs> um, and... 
what happened was, I had this thing come upstairs. It basically came up. I thought it was my stepdad. It wasn't. It came upstairs, flung the door open, and it just flung me upside down. It just flung me everywhere. It flung me onto the toy box. Um... And when I woke up, I wasn't, I can't remember if I was on the bed or, but I just remember being flung across the room onto my toy box. Um, That happened. Now, I don't want to scare you, but. Um, the basics of sleep paralysis is um, something will come and sit on your chest yeah that happened with that but I knew my you've got to remember I knew my weaknesses if he didn't know my weakness if he didn't know my vulnerability he wouldn't have done the things he did However, um, you know, I did have sleep paralysis again. Um, and bear in mind, you can't move. When you're in sleep paralysis, you can't move. Um, you're awake, but you can't move. But I managed to get out of sleep paralysis and managed to do it. Um, I had this thing where if I could twiggle my toe or if I could throw my arm up, that was when I could get out of it. Um, and you've got to remember your dream body is stronger than your physical body. Um here's one reality check you can actually do there's one reality check that you can do um I suggest you do it is um to go and find something that you can't lift that's just impossible to lift um like in awake you could go to say for example the front of a car and lift probably not lift it up but in a dream you could probably lift up the front of a car so that's something you could do in your dreams you could lift things heavier you can you know you can just go right this is this is in my dreams this is freaking light go to lift it um, or you can go this is very heavy um, and you know things in dreams are very different because your dream body is your dream body is different 
dream, but it's very different. Um, and you should never overestimate your dream body. Doing that, keep doing that. This section is called The Abandoned Lucid Dreams. Sorry, folks, um, I came in here to record a podcast in my office and um, I had to. Sort stuff out. I've been taking stuff out the till, and um, I want to YouTube vlog it, but unfortunately, um, in fact, I probably will. Um, after I've done the done the podcast, um, as you probably don't know, so I want to talk about lucid dreams. I really want to talk about this topic. I had a lucid dream. Um, I had two lucid dreams. Um, uh, one that I knew what was going into. Um, and one that I didn't know I was going into. Um, the one that I didn't know that I was going into. Um, was quite an interesting one, but the one that I knew that I was going into was the one where I played a DJ set at my, where I used to live, and, um, yeah, I played that DJ set pretty well, and there's flashing lights and strobes and everything, but, um, I asked the dream to be weird and psychedelic and Oh boy, it was it was weird. There was like different colors and um it was just a real cool trip. Um that I that I was having. Um it went from being a bad dream to being a good dream. It was like it started off where I could see the past where you know, I've told you all about R and stuff like that. And so it was really cool. And um, did you float? <laughs> Sorry, I've got Charles with me. I did float, yeah. Mm. Um, I, I had this... Remember, I spoke about in the, in, the, uh, in the podcast about the dream, the dream body being um, very... The dream body is... Very, what's the word? Very strong. Your dream body. You never. You always tend to underestimate or overestimate your dream body. And um, when you're lucid in the dream, you kind of come fully aware. And it's strange because I didn't do the reality checks. 
at all. I didn't know it was a dream at first, but then when I knew it was a dream, um, because I keep doing this cassette tape, I keep recording this. Um, this cassette. And um, when I used to sleep in my sister's bedroom, uh, when she was away, because I did this on multiple occasions, I used to look after my sister's bedroom. So I used to sneak in her room, watch videos, and basically head off to bed. Um, and then, but what I liked about my sister's room was her bed was facing the window. So I'd look up to the window and I could see it, the light coming through. Um, but then when I went back into my own bedroom, what I used to do is... Because my, my window used to be above my bed, but it was kind of a fair bit away. So I'd have to sit up a bit to look at my window. And here's another thing. There would be a couple of nights... When I couldn't sleep with the light on. Where. I get up. Early in the morning. I turn the radio on. For a few minutes. Probably wouldn't even beat that. And then. I used to. Sit up for a while. And I used to try and look for the win the window to see if anything was there. And then I'd find myself lying back down again. But this one night I remember um because Mummy had ordered a curtain. For our windows. So in the summer. You would draw the curtain halfway across the window. Now what I did. Excuse me. What I did was. Partway into the middle of the night, um, I would open the curtain. And then in the morning, I'd get up and close the curtain to get dressed. Because my mother was like, why have you opened the curtain? I'd be like, uh, I was scared. <laughs> that was my, that was my thing. But, um...
Yeah, I was scared, so I closed, so I opened the curtain. Now I close it again. You know. If I felt scared, I would open the curtain. You know. Of course. You know. It just depended. Um... Because, um, I mean, I used to spend a lot of time in my bedroom, um, towards the end of the summer holidays, I would sit in my bedroom and I would do mixtapes um trying to get a mixtape right you know that that was difficult back in the days but back to lucid dreaming so i had this lucid dream that i was in my bedroom back at where i used to live and then it ended up in this dj set which was so good, I couldn't stabilise the dream. But it was like disco lights and... Um, there was all kinds of things. Because I wanted the dream to be weird and psychedelic. So, um, that's all I want to say on that bit, really. Hey, what's up, everybody? Um, I'm going to talk to you as I'm getting ready. <clears throat> so, this morning, I had another lucid dream. Well, a psychedelic dream. I won't say lucid dream, but... <clears throat> um, I was lucid in the dream to the point where I could um how can I put it um and at the moment I'm having stabilized dreams I'm having a dream that will last for an hour but or it will last for 20 minutes but it can be stabilized and um <clears throat> you know um it's it's a skill to stabilize a dream um because if you just go into a dream 
not wondering what's going to happen, you aren't going to stabilise it pretty well. Um, whereas... Um, if you, um, as if you go into a dream knowing what's going to happen. So, for instance, if you, sorry, I'm just looking for something. If you go into a dream knowing, like, um, if you're going into a dream knowing what's going to happen, then you're more or less likely able to stabilise the dream. Whereas if you don't go into a dream knowing what's going to happen, then you can't stabilise it properly. <coughs> so, um... Basically, this morning's dream was I dreamt of a tree that I could climb. And I thought, right, I'm going to climb this tree and I'm going to explore it. And normally, I would think, oh, I'm going to fall off and I'd fall off and then I'd wake up. But instead, I thought, well, I'm going to carry on. Um, and I was very mindfulness in the dream. So basically, um, you could you could do mindfulness anything you could it's basically um if you can imagine a camera when it zooms out and zooms in so when it zooms out it's not um say focusing so um oh i don't want to wear this t-shirt today i'm just gonna put it away um So when we are, when we're mindfulness, we're focusing in on things. For instance, for example, as I'm putting my t-shirt on now, <coughs> um, I'm thinking of the fabric, the smell of the t-shirt, <coughs> what it feels like. Um, what it looks like, I can actually see a bit of the t-shirt. Um, you know, it's got beautiful colours, it's beautiful fabric. Um, I like the feel of this t-shirt. Um, you know, that's mindfulness. Um, you know, if you're walking along the street, you might see, for example, you might see houses along the way and you might think, hmm, what what people are doing in those houses? Or you'll hear a bird and you'll think, oh, how beautiful a bird is. 
or the you know so basically as i was climbing up the tree um i was listening to things i was listening to the rustle of the branches there were birds twittering around me there was lots and lots of things and i asked the dream to be psychedelic now again when you're going to dream when you ask a dream to do something um you have to be wary of it because before i went into that dream i had a small dream um Um, and my mum saying make sure you don't trap yourself in dreams and stuff so I was having I was going in to a dream that was fairly lucid this was going to be a lucid dream this was going to be a dream where I was going to know exactly what I was doing in it so I climbed up this tree and as I was climbing up the tree, I felt everything as I was going up the... And I was aware. And there's another thing as well to be aware, to know. And I didn't do any reality checks again. But the one check I did do was I pulled myself up and I was more confident. Um, because once you're in a dream, you know... That your confidence is, you know, it's, it's like um, when you go on a simulator ride. You know that the um, the capsule unit's not gonna tip up. Um, that's all on screen. Um, I mean, there are some virtual simulators now that swing a bit, but. Um, You know, um, So, um, as I was saying, I was quite mindfulness of <clears throat> what was up the tree. And as I was climbing up the tree, I could hear and smell the sounds and feel the birds. Now, since it's a day later since I did the last recording, because I had to rush out, um, I had another dream last night. This is a day later now. Uh, or this morning, rather. Um, I dreamt that I was in a simulator with my friend. And, um, again, didn't do any reality checks, but I thought, right, I'm going to go on this simulator ride again, you know. I was seen it was there. And I was with my friends and I walked up to the thing and I jumped in the carriage.
And that was just going, you know, walking past, you know, no one was there and recognised me. And I just pushed through the queue and got on the ride. Now, in a dream, if you can do that, then you know you're in a dream. I mean, there's the thing. In a dream, if you see something, uh, that's one reality check that you could do is to push past a queue. <laughs> so if you get to the front of a queue in a dream, it's a dream. And there's no way in real life you can do that. Um, but you can just sort of have your way. Um, now, I want to talk about, before we leave the podcast, I really want to talk about um, something that happened in the prayer meeting last night. Um, I really saw God for who he was. Um, I don't say seeing, but feeling. Um, and I just want to say that it was an amazing experience. I'm going to talk about it on my other podcast that I have, because this podcast isn't really for that. I know I discuss about dreams on here, but, um, and this, through this podcast, I've discussed about lucid dreaming. I'm probably going to discuss about lucid dreaming through all the podcasts. Um, but, um, I am, I am going to say, that um, meditation does help. Meditation. Um, you don't have to meditate before bed, but you have to meditate once a week. I meditate once a week. I think you should do it more than once a week, but um, I have a chance to do it once a week. Just put some quiet music on. Music that you can focus in on. Um... And then just shut your eyes and make sure you're not driving your car. Um, make sure you're in a comfortable space. Make sure you're lying on your bed or something like that. And then just or sit in or whatever you feel like and just relax. Just close your eyes and let the imagination do what it wants to do. Just, just put your thoughts aside and just close your eyes and just take yourself where you want to go. Um, and a lot of people have asked, how do I, how do I meditate? What's my secrets? Um, I don't have any secrets, but it doesn't, when I first did it, I remember we used to go to the, men, the, uh, the men's group where I go now. Um, when I started going, they used to put the relaxation CD on. I was thinking, oh man, you know, this is really boring. <laughs> I really got nothing out of it. But then when we started doing, um, we started doing a few sessions where we would discuss what we'd seen through relaxation. Then we stopped doing that. But, um, you know, sometimes I would share things like, you know, that I was thinking or something. And I think it really gets it out there. Um, I think if you do meditate, you can go back to your dreams, you can go back and you can resolve something, you can sort of play back what you've dreamt um, if you want to. Um, 
you know, you could just focus on what you're going to dream about tonight. Um, you're going to focus on that. Because when you go to bed, you're going to focus about what you meditated and put that in practice. Because when you go to sleep, um, what you've done in meditation will hopefully come out in the dream world. Um, some of the things I've thought about in, on the Tuesday morning when we've had the music on and we've had chance to just have 10 to 15 minutes sat there meditating. Um, you know, and we just sit there. And I do actually meditate. I'd, uh, I know some people just sort of close their eyes and have that quiet moment, but I actually meditate. I actually drift off and think, right, what could I do? Could I... You know, I can't float because I'm sitting down. Um, I can't fly because I'm sitting down. Uh, but what can I do? What skills could I use? Could I put them in the dream world? You know, could I build some tools that I could use in the dream world? You know, could I build some skills? If there are any monsters, how am I going to fight them? And here's another thing. In meditation, right, when you meditate, think, right, what are you scared of in your dreams um how could you conquer that um if for example you have a monster and you need to fight that monster in your dreams how are you going to fight that monster in your dreams Are you going to um, Yeah, are you gonna Are you gonna fight that monster in your dreams or are you gonna how are you going to, basically, when you meditate, think about what you're scared of in your dreams and think, right. Think how scared you would be in your dreams and think, right, how am I going to strengthen myself? So in meditation, you could probably train yourself to fight that monster. Then when you're in your dream, you'll know this monster isn't scary anymore. I can fight that monster. I can fight that that thing, I can face the fear, um, you know, you know, I could probably challenge what comes of me, um, you know, because when you're in a dream, anything can be accomplished, anything, anything at all, your dream body is more stronger than your uh, physical body, and also, you can do whatever you want to in a dream, you can do whatever you want to, um, you know, if you see a cigarette, you could smoke it, if you see a bar of chocolate, you could eat it, just all that really good stuff. So, yeah. Um, 
and just do what you want in a dream. Um, I've also learned how to stabilise my dreams. So if I really like something, I will try and not get overexcited or do something that's super exciting. I'll try and do something that's, you know, and try and be mindful of it. You know, um, because the more you think about what's happening and what's around you, the more you can take it in and the more you can go, right, I'm in a dream, I'm in a place I've never visited, I want to take it in. Straight, you can take that in and you can go, right, I'm I'm here, I can take that in. Um, Maybe I could do something right here. And... You know, and you know, you look at what you could do, or you know, now in meditation, um, I've learned in meditation you can't levitate or float or anything like that. It takes it takes a lot to do that. So, yeah, it's something you've got to uh, practice um, floating. Um, you've got to visualise it all and all that business but um, I hope this has helped and and I'll see you guys in the next podcast and hopefully I'll have the uh, the wireless headphones ready to give away before the next podcast is done so yeah